Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Final Boy Status. This is uh, today's host, Adam Bone. I'm here with Lanson and Luke. Hello. And we're just so psyched to be here. (laughs) This is a new podcast. This is our our first episode we're trying out here. Can I ask, the other podcast that you've hosted, you did the same thing where you said thanks for tuning in. Podcasts aren't really, there's not a lot of tuning involved with podcasts. It's just sort of pressing buttons. You're, Maybe you, you got to tune like the computer or, or whatever volume wait, you have. Wait, Adam, do you think device. this is a radio show? Do you think we're on the radio? I'm, Are we not on the radio? I, I thought people could get in their car and press a button and, and this would be playing, yes. Technically, yeah. yes, they could. I guess <laughs> they could, so the why car. the fetch not? So I guess we're all on the same <laughs> then page. what's the fetching problem? <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. I, I shouldn't have argued. You're right. Well, before any more confusion ensues, I'd love to talk a little bit about what this show is. I mean, we're we're here and we're reviewing horror movies from yeah. back in the day and recent ones uh, as time goes on. But we uh, we kind of want to do it in a very specific way, right? We kind of want to look at surviving the horror movie instead of just like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll give a yes, general kind of critique and go over a little bit. But yeah, yeah. we're yeah. going to try to see. This is the podcast for anybody who's ever watched a horror movie and gone, these idiots, this is so easy to get out of. I could have handled this. We are going to be you. We are going to look at horror movies and we're going to decide whether or not the average Joe could survive them. Because us three are as average as it gets. We are the average Joe and all average Joes. (laughs) We the 5'11 gang. (laughs) I'm so vanilla. That's it. That's the sentence. Oh, I was I was waiting for. I'm so vanilla. You'd have to extract me. I'm so me. vanilla. Sometimes the you don't need a punchline. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm right. I'm so vanilla. The only way I could get more white is if people called me Vanilla Ice. But luckily, no one's called me that yet. Yet, yeah. Yet, it it, it comes for us all. <laughs> one day, maybe uh, in your forties, it will happen. One day, I will suffer. <laughs> well, the show we're uh, we're doing today is yeah. the 1997 classic. <laughs> I know what you did last summer. First time I watched it. I think it was the first time for Lance and Yeah, I watched This was the first time I uh, I laid eyes on it. I had seen it. Oh, very nice. I had seen it. Well, if you haven't watched the movie, I mean, we're going to be obviously spoiling it. So give it a watch if you want to follow along. Give your thoughts uh, <laughs> to yeah. yourself, I guess. Out Spoiler the alert. Universe. Yeah. <laughs> Would you would you fellows like some general background on that? That'd be film? great, actually. Let's hear it, yeah. yeah. So obviously we know the title of the movie is I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is one of the lengthiest titles I've I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Really wordy. 
really wordy. I mean, I get why they called it that, but it is uh, it is a mouthful. I feel like you could have also just called it, like, Last Summer. Although, I guess that doesn't mm. sound like a horror movie so much as it sounds like a really nice, like, teen comedy. <laughs> like, Last <laughs> Summer. I can still recall. Can, can you imagine, though, summer. if they had, like, marketed this movie like a teen comedy called Last Summer? It, oh my it would have been awesome to go into theaters. I, yeah, going into the movie, movie expecting a teen comedy, and then that hard left turn <laughs> in the first act. That would have been incredible. It's like, none of the marketing <laughs> showed that that was coming. That would have been amazing. Uh, right. So, Adam said that it was released in 1997. It was directed by the Scottish director Jim Gillespie. It's one of the few movies he's done. He hasn't done a lot. Yeah. And the writer was, of course, Kevin Williamson, known for also writing the Scream franchise. Uh, movie stars Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Ryan... Is it Philip? Philippe? Philippe? Yeah, I don't know. Philippi? Philippe. An Let's e, say I'm Philippe. Sure. Ryan Philippe. Ryan Philippe is his name. If not, you're going to have to come on this podcast and correct us. You're going to have <laughs> yeah. to come on Reach this podcast out. and fight Lanson. I'm ready, dude. I can throw hands in the <laughs> jello pool we have in the corner. <laughs> in the jello pool, he's going to throw hands and hooks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, yeah, so obviously, like, the premise of this movie is kind of kind of famous uh it is based off of a it is based off of a book by the same name i forgot who wrote the book Ooh, uh, not kevin williamson it was in the credits lewis it was in the credits. lois yeah. duncan duncan oh you were correct lois duncan lois duncan lois duncan excuse me uh and yeah the basic plot of the movie is four teenagers are out partying on the fourth of july they get a little bit drunk they get a little bit tipsy and they end up uh, running a guy over with their car, and then they try to cover up his death. And then the next summer, somebody emerges, giving them notes saying, I know what you did last summer, and starts stalking them and hunting them down and killing them. That's like the basic premise of the movie. Uh, so I guess the book was more or less the same, except the author was like really staunchly against like violence and what really? like slasher hmm. movies. Hmm. So her books were actually more of... <laughs> A mystery type theme, and none of the four teenagers in the book died. Oh, really? Well, there you go. Although she had no problem with them running somebody over in a drunk driving accident, like <laughs> that's fine. Well, hey, I mean, we've we've all been there, right? <laughs> right, relatable, right, guys. Every every. Reader. Please give me some comfort in this moment. <laughs> Lance is getting weirdly threatening about this. <laughs> we take this to our grave. To our grave. <laughs> to our grave. Ryan Philippe really, really, uh, <laughs> really flexing his acting muscles here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Choking Jennifer over the car and her boyfriend doing nothing. It was pretty intense. <laughs> hey, take it easy, hey. man. Freddie Prince Jr. is a very handsome human being, and mm -hmm. he is like a good actor, but in some of his early movies, it seems like the director's direction was just. Freddie, look, you're here because you just look handsome. That's the only reason we hired you. Look pretty, buddy. He seems so, to have that old school, like, stupid face, too. You know, almost <laughs> like an older, forgive me, like, Keanu Reeves old and, like, <laughs> David Schwimmer a little bit where he's just <laughs> a stupid face. Man, we, we got some people on our hit list. Again, you're going to have to come gate. on this show and fight. Please retract Keanu Reeves' name because I don't want to fight him. <laughs> yeah, well, you Dude, would lose. That's true. He's, I mean, his jiu-jitsu game is strong. It is. He's, oh, man. He's been really going to town in that jazzercise class. That guy's, <laughs> oh that guy's so jacked. As everybody knows for the John Wick movies. 
Have you seen the John Wick movies? You know. Oh, man. But, no, yeah, Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr., he kind of... The, like the, the the material isn't great for him. He yeah. he doesn't really get That's the right. chance to flex a whole lot of acting chops. But Stunt yeah, chops early up. on in the movie, somebody chokes his girlfriend, and he's just like doing handsome face. Hey, calm down. <laughs> Let's stay calm, guys. Okay. I'm doing handsome face like I'm in the movie Zoolander, just Ooh. so the audience at home knows what my approximation of handsome face is. <laughs> it's pretty pretty approximate. <laughs> Take that as you will. <laughs> It looks nothing like Zoolander, is what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. There's some general background on the movie. That's what it's uh, all about. Very yeah. nice. What did we like? I don't. What What were some of the the opinions of the film? What What did we think about it? Yeah. Um. Pretty good. I thought it was a decent late '90s uh, teenage slasher flick. You know. I hear ya. And I think just like at at a glance, just I don't know, not really taking in the context of the time, it's. Yeah, it was very. I'm trying to think of a word. It's I, I want to say mediocre, but like one inch above that. Where <laughs> most of it is pretty mediocre. I mean, yeah, the the writing's good um, for what it is, and and the acting is passable. Everything was vis- just very passable. There were a few moments that I thought were very good and, and stood out a lot. Uh, we were talking about the chase scene um, with the. The one chick, Sarah uh, Michelle Gellar. Yeah, her. Sarah that was Michelle that was a very yeah. very intense, very long sequence. That was surprising, but everything else to me was very, I don't know, it was very average. It, it, yeah, like you said, it didn't really challenge anything. But yeah. again, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Oh yeah, there's some like really interesting like artistic moments in it. Uh, you know, so there's like touches of genius in there. There's some really good shots. Um, I mean, Elsa's death, like that's a very artistic moment to yeah. see the reflection in her glasses and then the slash with the blood splatter is all like really well done and a very interesting visual. But like I said, there's just moments of interesting. And I guess, I, I mean, it, it didn't really need to be that. It, it, it was simply just, you know, yeah. the, the uh, 1997 slasher, I don't know. So I'm... It, you well, got it didn't you have to be artistic, yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. So what we what we do? We're gonna rate the movie uh, because it's a spoopy movie, and all of our movies will be spoopy movies out of thirteen. <laughs> I just spoopy. did we clarify before that all of the movies done on this podcast Actually, will be spoopy? Because no. if not, it would be really funny to imagine we're like, could you survive? Love action. <laughs> I don't know if I can take the heartbreak. I don't know. <laughs> There's only one way out of Bride Wars. <laughs> can you survive Sleepless in Seattle? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know if I can do that. Tom Hanks is a trooper in that movie. You're a trooper. Yeah, that's a different that. podcast. Uh, this is that's that's scary. our other podcast. Yeah, uh, let's, let's fit in a plug for that right now. <laughs> our other podcast, uh, rom com survivor rom-com status. Rom com survivor status. <laughs> yeah, coming so- soon at some point. <laughs> Be on the edge of your seat. Get ready, boys. Okay, so we're uh, out of thirteen. Out of thirteen. Out of the 13. spoopiness out of thirteen. I personally. Wait, are we rating like scariness or like the movie as a whole? Sorry, this was unclear to me beforehand. No, Let's do uh, as a whole, I think. Sure. I mean, if you want to Movie as a whole, too. and then we do an additional rating for scariness? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Why not? Yeah. Welcome, audience. You're figuring out the podcast as we are. Hey, we're, rolling we're, we're with just the having pun. a good time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we got the structure. Uh, I guess, overall, I would give it like, out of 13, I'd give it a, probably a seven and a half. 
Okay. Out of 13. And then for okay. spoopiness, like a, a five. Yeah. For me personally. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my take. I was expecting you to go super low as on the movie as a whole. I was preparing to be like, Lanson, why are you giving it like a three? Like, it's pretty good. I, I don't know why in my head you were going to be like a curmudgeon about it. <laughs> what can I say? I'm usually a curmudgeon. I mean, they don't make <laughs> movies like they used to back in 1977, 1997. See, it's 20 years later. Anyway, I'm going to put that back in the box. I love how in my head you were going to be stingy like Scrooge about it. Like, you're going to be like, no, you got to earn this rating. Uh, you must earn my love. <laughs> Uh, I I would put it. Sim- I I'd actually go a little lower than you, which is surprising. I'd probably put it in the six and a half seven range. Okay. So like, really enjoyable, but it's definitely not pushing anything. Uh, spoop spoopy <laughs> status. Uh, I think five hits it on the head. There's a couple moments that kind of got me, but overall, like everything is pretty clear. Like what's going to happen, so mm-hmm. there isn't much to like. I so you know it's it's an older style of horror where it's more about like putting you on the edge of your seat than it is making you like jump. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not necessarily on the edge of your seat. Cause it's kind of like, well, I think I know how this is going to play out. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, unanimous there. I was thinking seven because it, it was just incredibly mediocre except for the couple moments. It wasn't so a little over half. I mean, sp- spoopiness, like I would say, maybe two or three i i think there was one moment at the end of the the chicks (laughs) chase scene i can't remember her name sure michelle Michelle keller i'll have you guys say it it's okay adam it's not like she's famous where i was like literally also welcome to come on the podcast yeah come correct me anytime i mean the challenge is out there michelle geller please come beat up adam (laughs) i don't want this to come across as sexual but i want you to be i want to watch you beat up adam (laughs) i mean hey i'll even provide the brass knuckles that's all i'm saying Well, anyway, uh, you'll get brass knuckles too. It'll be a fair fight. <laughs> Somewhat. I don't know. Look, I, if Sarah asks me to help, I'm not saying I'm going to beat you up, but I would probably take her side. Yeah. Well, you got to do it for the guest. I mean, when you have a famous, <laughs> we're, we're famous just, guest. We're just being polite. I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit for the numbers. You got to take some cuts, boy. The yep. best part about this is how petty we're imagining Sarah Michelle Geller is. Oh no, right? <laughs> that she hears about some guy forgot my name on a podcast. Time Here to I teach come. Him a thing or two wow. about the U.S. Constitution. Here no I come. <laughs> the end of that scene, the chase scene, I was, I felt myself caring that she die or not, and that's yeah. I don't know. You don't feel that all the time with these kind of movies, yeah. so I well, and it's yeah. mostly because like the end of her chase scene is kind of it's a little cheap like i yeah i don't want to like totally knock the movie because we know she has to die Mm -hmm. because it's that kind of movie yeah but like she dies because she stupidly stops to like turn around and check and see if the killer's behind her yeah after she's been dodging him in a couple moments pretty smartly it's a little bit like contrived it's a little bit of like the writer put that in because why not or the director put that in because why not whatever yeah it's and she does it twice too for like really long moments of time where it's like you know if I were in that situation I'd just be booking it and she gets <laughs> so close too I know so it's yeah it's just like just that frustrating moment of like oh for real like you're gonna have her do this because nobody would actually do that I yeah know. I feel like everybody in this movie had this I, I don't know if like the hearing was turned down on everybody but there was always just what's that over there oh sick let me go back to the thing I was just looking at. 
the the guy's move was make them look behind them and then when they turn around be in front of them the equivalent of you know when you're in junior high and somebody taps you on the shoulder and is on the other side rather than the side you tapped him on to be fair if he used that tactic i don't know (laughs) probably just as effective with these characters it it felt like everybody was moving at half speed in the show and we were talking about it we're like He's not even at superhuman speed. He's just like at Normal regular, speed, average human speed. Just yeah, we were getting so frustrated with the characters because we're like, why are you so slow? <laughs> what are you doing? You understand what's at stake, right? Your lives. <laughs> He's got a fish hook, for heaven's sakes. The most threatening of and hooks. We'll actually get into that right now. I mean, in order for us yeah. to know if we'll, like, survive a movie we need to talk about the killer kind of profile him a little bit like what who is he what what kind of kills does he make what does that yeah. say about him what's his mo i mean he's a dude and a what, what is the the coat a called slicker? a slicker, slicker. Yeah. yeah slicker it kind of yeah. looks like david dunn from slicker, unbreakable a little I bit barely know her <laughs> oh <laughs> oh frick man all right guys this is my wow. last episode of the podcast <laughs> i hope everybody's doing well oh man uh, he's got a fish hook. <laughs> Just go back to this thought. Oh, and don't forget the hat, because a big deal is hat. made about the hat. Yeah. Because the there's, like, the scene where she sees it herrings. in her back seat, and then she sees it on the boat, and she's like, a hat. A fisherman's hat on a fisherman's boat. Oh, Terrifying. No. Not the most scariest outfit, I've got to say. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. In a way, though, that's, like, sort of effective. Because um, sure. I do think one of the more interesting moments in the movie is when Sarah Michelle Gellar is on the float. And she sees all the people in the crowd wearing, like, the slicker, and she's suspicious of all of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, we were making jokes about it during the movie where we're like, it's him, it's him, it's him. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, that is, like, really effective it when your costume be. helps you hide in plain sight. It's not like Mikey Myers where it's like, well, that's obviously him. <laughs> like, so, like, yeah, I think that's actually kind of smart, the fact that it's really simplistic and anybody could be wearing it. Because it sort of adds to the mysterious element of what the movie is trying to be. Which, which is, like, it's a mystery. It's, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, it kind of has that DNA with Scream, where it is a slasher, but it's a slasher with a serious whodunit going on as well. And, like, both movies are very interested in helping you be... and making you suspicious of kind of everyone. And yeah. I think this movie was really smart in using that costume for the killer, because there's so many moments where you see somebody in a slicker, and you're like, oh, that could be them. So it adds to the suspicion. So I think... Yeah, fair. it is a little generic, a but point, that sort yeah. of adds to like the who done itness. Yeah. It's my only thing is it's just there are some scenes where like the killer goes into like various people's homes and it's like him dressed up as the guy from Long John Silver's and you're like, Oh no, he's coming for the fish fry <laughs> When he sneaks into Sarah Michelle Gallery's exactly. house. Yeah, exactly. It is really yeah, it does look out of place in scenes like that, and that's kinda of funny. Yeah, well, there's some times where he kills somebody and, and it's only them who see him. Like, why put on the getup, you know? Like, especially in those times where you'd look a lot weirder if, yeah. if you wore it. Does he just wear it all the time? I, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, apparently not because he's not wearing it at the end. Spoiler, yeah. he's not wearing it at the end. Yeah. I know, all that time. And then he's like, I'm just going to be in street clothes. <laughs> <laughs> just me and my trucker cap. Still had the hook, but yeah. But hey, everything else. Hey, it was important. He had no other means of killing people. Yeah. There's no other way it could be done. That's another thing. He only uses the hook pretty much for every kill. Yeah. And he doesn't really, I mean, I feel like that's pretty limited as yeah. far as. It's it's cool and it's interesting for him to have a 
gimmick. Yeah. But it is frustrating that we don't see any creativity from him. And, and it's extra frustrating, too, because we see, like, he freaking runs over Ryan Philippi. Philippe. He, that's Philippe. true. Philippe, Philippe, yeah. He freaking runs Philippe. over Ryan Philippe with his own car, and Adam goes, oh, he's dead. And, spoiler alert, he was not. The fisherman had to double back and gut him with the fish hook. And it's like, oh, man, like... I don't know. It would I would have liked a little more variety in the kills, like you know, like kill somebody by running them over with a car. Like yeah. you got hit by a car, like bring that back into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that kinda makes sense to the trauma that he's been through. <laughs> You're not limited, man, is what we're saying. Get versatile. <laughs> I kinda well, I mean, lending itself to the conversation of survival, I mean, it, it does limit the creativity, but also if we're surviving it we it makes it a little bit better knowing there's one thing that he's going to kill us with, you know? Yeah. I guess the characters probably should catch on that pretty quick. And I, I feel like if you're, you know, just out of arm's reach, you're you're probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we literally saw that in the chase scene with Sarah Michelle Gellar. There's yeah. several moments where she's fine just because she, like, takes one step back. <laughs> takes <Yeah>. a step. <laughs> Oop. Oop. Out of the no way. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like it's kind of easy to identify, like, some of the weaknesses with this killer in terms of, like, if you move at normal human speed, you will move just as fast as him. Yeah. So imagine if you run away from him and don't do something stupid, like, turn around and see if he's behind you. Yeah. Um, I also have to say, like, it's actually fairly easy for them to figure out his identity. They're just stupid and they put it off for a year for no reason. Right, yeah. Like, when it all actually comes together, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt figures it out in, what, like an hour? Yeah, she figures that's out... it. Just makes yeah. some pretty far-out connections that end up being correct, but... Yeah, so, like, like, real spoiler breakdown of the plot, like, right now. Like, the movie opens on this guy sitting on a cliff. The guy's name is David Egan. We're led to believe that he's the guy the kids hit with the car um, because his body is found, like, in the ocean later turns out david egan had had a car accident where he accidentally killed his wife susan susan's father ben willis tracked david down and killed him by tossing him off the cliff question mark i think so never established yeah Yeah. but then ben willis is the one they hit with the car but he survives when they dump him in the ocean and he comes back a year later to get them um unclear why he waited a year yeah no right yeah what's his thing i mean there's obviously the thing with the fourth of july but I guess I guess Jennifer Love Hewitt and uh, Ryan Philippe were away at school, so I guess they didn't even come back until the next summer. Right. So I guess that could be it. But what if they never came back at all? Rats! <laughs> <laughs> Have to track them down at college. Oh man, now I gotta go find their dorm room, and it's just gonna be awkward. It's gonna be a road trip movie the dorm at that point. <laughs> is he riding a bicycle in that? In yeah, your pantomime? <laughs> road trip in the bicycle. <laughs> was pantomiming a road trip, but it looked like he was on like a, a like a bicycle. Hey man, a really old fashioned one. Too. I'm I'm feeling like he probably blew the bank on the boat that he had, so he probably <laughs> has to like make do and budget cuts, and so he'd probably ride a bike in his slicker and fisherman I guess, costume. I guess he couldn't sail to Boston. There are no oceans to Boston, Luke. What? What are you on? And yeah, well, that's well, yeah, uh, like. But yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt figures out in like an hour, and it's and, and like not even putting aside the fact that they definitely should have gone to the cops when they hit him. Like, yeah, for sure. 
I, I, I get the logic and I get why they're scared and I find the fear believable enough that yeah, maybe they would just try to cover up the fact that they hit him with the car. But at the same time, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of ways this could have ended differently. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of ways they could have pretty easily beat the killer. Especially, you know, if they had talked with David Egan's sister, Anne Heche, <laughs> if they had <sighs> talked to her for like 10 more minutes apparently they could have figured out the whole ben willis reveal like three days earlier than they did right yeah, i know right yeah that's a that's a good point a couple key decisions were different yeah it'd be a, a very different movie it's it's hard to because a, a lot of what happened to them initially was you know one of the guys was drunk they were all very erratic it's hard to say what you would act like in that situation if you run over a person. This is a part of the film I actually liked a lot where they kind of, I mean, they didn't really lean into it like hard, like it it didn't become just this hardcore drama or whatever, but they kind of played around with like what they just, they kill the guy, you know, and the, the emotional impact that, that comes with it. Like what maybe you would just want to forget about it and try and not, not look into the the family members, the name you just want to go to college because you're a kid and you want to be innocent, you know? So I think that's, got to be taken into effect if you're thinking about surviving the movie what uh what their age is what what happened the intoxication part of it you know there's a yeah there's a i mean there's a lot to break down and that's something where the movie is really strong in that like there's really strong writing in that scene where they're trying to figure out what to do in the aftermath of hitting the guy right i liked that scene actually a lot i think every character is kind of nailing it where jennifer love hewitt is the voice of reason Sarah Michelle Geller is just so erratic and so like just doesn't know what to do. Freddie Prince Jr. is obviously in shock, so like even though Adam claims <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Face. has a stupid face, which I don't fully agree with. Uh like his sort of like face? handsome guy acting that he really fell victim to in this movie really paid off in that scene because it comes across like he's in shock okay, and he's not really processing it. That's and then fair. Ryan Philippe is just lo- he loses his mind in every scene of this movie, but he's just intense. That guy could have. I I feel like besides this um, instance in which he was involved in running over somebody, he probably could have straight up just killed somebody <laughs> later on in his he life. He did. He threatened to kill Max. Yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot about <laughs> He's that. He's like, hey, listen up. I have no problem murdering you. And it's like, whoa. I know. Go straight up Sopranos on this guy. <laughs> are we sure the ring? Are we sure the fisherman is the bad guy? Here? I don't know. Ben Willis <laughs> might not be that bad of a guy. But another, uh, but I would argue that another strong point of the movie is actually sort of, I wish it dived into it deeper, but there's almost an exploration of trauma. Mm-hmm. And we've yeah, talked yeah. about like how there all is. great horror movies sort of have an underlying metaphor to them. And for me, the underlying metaphor of this movie is trauma and like how it affects your relationships where these four people experience this thing together. And then we come back and we see them a year later where before they had been the best of friends. Now they can't even like look at each other. No. And there's a couple scenes alluding to that, you know, like the scenes with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt, where she's saying, like, we can't be together. Like, I, I can't be around you after what happened. Yeah. Or Sarah Michelle Geller and Jennifer Love Hewitt, where Sarah Michelle Geller's like, what happened to us? Like, we were best friends. Now we barely speak. And even, like, tying into the end of the movie where, you know... Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt are only ever are only able to move past the trauma because they rely on each other, they support each other, 
and they work through the trauma together. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm referring more to the scene after the boat where they're like yeah. hugging and making up as opposed <sighs> to the scene on the boat where Jennifer Love Hewitt basically just got Freddie Prince kill- Jr. killed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like three different times. Just let the boy be. <laughs> we were uh, like, I feel okay with Adam like making fun of Freddie Prince Jr. a little bit because uh, FPJ is the hero of the movie. He's great. He is. He's yeah. amazing. He he turns he, into fetching superhero at the end. Oh, know. he doesn't have much to do in the first two acts, other than that great scene where they're arguing what to do. But then in the third act, he comes out swinging, and it's fantastic. Dude, I know. Like, that year on the boats taught him many a thing. <laughs> yeah, being a, a fisherman, fight, man. <laughs> how to fight, how to climb some rope, how to <laughs> sail on a boat. Well, that's another part of the movie that I would point out as being very strong, where it's like, it, it very much has sort of a through line there of the characters are all like, here's what our lives are going to be. Mm-hmm. And then we catch up with them a year later and their lives are nothing like what they thought they would be. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's like that. And I liked that because that is real life at the end of high school. You're like, well, now's the time to map out my life. What is my life going to be versus a year later where you're like, Oh, um, guess yeah. I'm figuring this out as I go. Yeah. Trauma set aside. I think anybody watching that, can relate to the fact that you i mean they they were all in relationships even though some of them were mended it's like everything just kind of doesn't go the way as planned yeah. you don't yeah. become the person you are that's a good point i like that oh and i should point out that <clears throat> if you have trauma in your life uh like finding somebody with that shared trauma and working it through it together is not the only way to get through it for sure but you do need somebody in your life that you that will help you work through the trauma yeah. and jennifer love hewitt and fpj don't have that at all until the end of the movie when they come together and they become that for one another. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, yeah. Trauma survivor watch. I know what you did last summer. You know, don't go I don't, to therapy. I don't know about that. Encouragement. <laughs> don't what if they're that. traumatized by a fisherman? <laughs> what if they're traumatized by Freddie Prince Jr.'s dumb face? Well, I Can't made it through. It. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was the trauma. <laughs> Well, now we're hitting a cool segment where we have some trivia from Luke. I'm excited oh, for this. So, yeah, I, I like researching movies. It's kind of kind of fun for me. So, like I said, uh, this movie was written by Kevin Williamson, and it has connections to several other Kevin Williamson projects. So, uh, this is a little bit muddled, and it's hard to tell uh, exactly what went down with this. So, I'm going to give you my best approximation of the backstory of this movie, and Hopefully it's more or less correct, but it seems that uh, a producer approached Kevin Williamson and gave him the book, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and said this could be adapted into a uh, into a slasher film. Like I said, the book was written as a more straightforward mystery book and really leaned away from violence and gore and things of that nature, but somebody brought the book to Williamson and said, I think there's a great potential for a horror movie here, and... He agreed. He adapted it. As far as I can tell, he wrote this one before he wrote Scream. But nobody was particularly interested in this script because, I mean, all of our accusations kind of stand out. Like, it was, it's, a, it's a little bit mediocre and it would have a hard time standing out, I think, when you look at the movies being made. Uh, it wasn't until Kevin Williamson kind of took his frustration with not being able to sell the script and channeled it into a parody of the slasher genre in scream that ironically he was able to get this movie made because obviously after scream came out and became like the genre defining success that it was, everybody wanted to make a movie like scream 
and everybody wanted a script from Kevin Williamson. So on the backside of that, he gets this movie made a year later. Uh, funny enough, Scream 2 was actually also released the same year, 1997. And Kevin Williamson also wrote that. Well, I didn't know that. Uh, so another thing we can look into here is uh, early on in the movie, they go to Dawson's Beach. They say they're at the 4th of July party and our four protagonists split off to go to Dawson's Beach. That is actually a reference to Dawson's Creek, which was created by Kevin Williamson. Mm. So another tie into his project. A little Easter egg there. A little, little bit right there. Uh, 1997, besides being a great year for Kevin Williamson between Dawson's Creek and Scream 2 and, of course, I Know What You Did Last Summer, was also a very noteworthy year for Sarah Michelle Gellar because she had three of her like breakout roles all happen that year because she was in this movie, obviously, as her character in this and then she also apparently got in good with kevin williamson because she was in scream 2 as well as cc i believe it's cc at least uh and then the kicker the role she would end up becoming best known for uh buffy the vampire slayer debuted in 1997 oh. so boom back She's to back to girl. back she had okay. some of the biggest roles of her career happen over this summer good for her uh, yeah i love sarah <laughs> she's awesome I think this movie is also why her hair is shorter in Buffy season two than it is in season one, because obviously, and I know what you did last summer, they cut her hair and I feel like the, like they didn't really do anything that bad to it. Probably the only reason it wasn't like a total hack job, like she'd have to shave her head and start over kind of haircut was because like she had contractual obligations to Buffy and maybe scream too. I don't know what the order of that exactly. Yeah. Like makes sense. Um, and then the last thing about this movie is there's a surprising amount of it that came about in reshoots. So a big thing that was interesting about this movie in terms of Jim Gillespie's vision is he actually wanted a fairly bloodless slasher movie. Uh, the author of the book, Lois, whatever her name was, we said it earlier. Duncan. Uh, what? Duncan. Yes, Duncan. Lois Duncan was very opposed to this being adapted into a slasher film because, like I said, she was very opposed to violence. Jim Gillespie kind of heard that and wanted to be somewhat true to that. Mm -hmm. So he had to keep in all the deaths, but he decided to shoot them with no blood. So his cut of the movie had no blood, no, like, significantly gross-out moments in it whatsoever. But the studio and producers balked, and they insisted that the movie be a little bit bloodier. Um so the first like bridge that got burned in that area no not burned the first (laughs) the first major like time jim gillespie like gave up on his vision of no blood was during the scene with elsa's death where of Mm. course he gets slashed across the throat and blood splatters on the window the producer came in and basically told him look this is medically impossible that he slashes her neck right here and we don't see any blood Mm. so i'm going to make you put in some blood so they went ahead and did that and then, uh, of course, they did some test screenings, and they just decided that there needed to be a little bit more in the movie. So they added in the shot of him dragging Elsa's body, which mm. is a very disturbing moment. Yes, yeah. it is. And um, then they went a step further where they decided they needed to establish danger earlier in the movie. So they actually added a death. The first death in the movie is Max, Yeah. Uh, played by... 
Johnny Galecki? Yep. Johnny Galecki. That's it. Wow, you got it. I, it I, for a second there, the I was like, I'm theory. not going to figure the it out. Big Bang yeah. Theory guy. <laughs> so he had just come off Roseanne, but he was not on Big Bang Theory yet, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a nice like middle ground for him, <laughs> I hope. Uh, but yeah, originally he did not die. The last time we saw him was when he got threatened at the docks by Barry, like a mm-hmm. crazy person. Yeah. Uh, so they went ahead and added in his death afterwards. And I think that's why, like in terms of effects, his death is probably the most graphic. Like he's the guy that gets the hook through the jaw. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that stood out to me for sure. I know. Yeah. It was real nasty. Uh, and there we go. There's some, there's some trivia, on the movie. I, I can also mention that it was the first leading role for Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. respectively. Mm. So this basically kickstarted their careers. Sarah Michelle Gellar probably would have been fine without this movie, but hey, yeah, you know she what? She did it, and she did made great. It a, made it a real good year for her that year. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing to say about Ryan Philippe is that his character, obviously, like, a big thing is that he's supposed to be, like, the football quarterback type. He's supposed to be playing football at a college Mm -hmm. but of course he's a little bit he's kind of small he's kind of a smaller guy yeah and originally like they weren't that interested in him for the part because they were looking for somebody much bigger and when they kind of said that to him apparently then he tried it again with like the intense energy that he had in the movie and the director was just really taken by it he's like you know that guy is scary no matter what his size is so i think that's our guy so you pour enough uh, cruel intentions into your character, <laughs> and you get to be in the movie. <laughs> Just act big. <laughs> hey, yeah, it worked. I mean, I remember thinking it was like he's a little scrawny for football, but know, uh, that was know. that was it. That was the end of the thought. I believe they probably could have done themselves a favor and not put him in a wife beater for the half of the scenes. Movie, pretty yeah, much. <laughs> if they had put him in like regular clothes, I wouldn't have noticed how small he is. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, lean into it. I, I I respect that. If it got it flaunted, I guess. Well, I guess uh, part of figuring and out if we survive. You got it? Yes. <laughs> we profiled the killer, um, and we've kind of already done this, but we can kind of recap and any additional thoughts we have on, on the victims. Yeah. Um, profiling them, how they did, and, and how we would do compared to them. I mean... I would say just just jumping to the first scene where there's significant conflict when they run over a guy, and there's again great scene with all the conflicting ideals and and there's logic and there's intoxication and there's just franticness, um, and how they all through that still decided they wouldn't tell anybody. They just go into the next summer without even touching it. Do you? I don't know. What do we feel like that decision was, and and could we do the same thing? Would we handle it different? <laughs> See, and you brought up an interesting point because it's hard to say exactly how we would react. Right. But what I keep thinking about is they had a whole year to think it over. Yeah. Like, um, honestly, like once the guy like woke up because he wakes up before they toss him off the dock, that's probably when I would have been like, nope, I'm out, guys. <laughs> like, this guy is obviously not dead. So we cannot continue with this plan. But for some reason they do anyway. And they're like, he's probably dead. <laughs> Uh, that being said, <laughs> yeah. even once you think like he's probably dead at that point, I fully think they had a whole year to think about it. One of them, like, in most likelihood, one of them would have come to their senses and said something to somebody. Like, right. it's really kind of like if I were in that situation and somehow I agreed to not say anything 
I probably would have caved after a very small amount of time. And I would have been like, you know, what have we done? Like, <laughs> I got to tell somebody, I don't care if I go to prison. Like, I'll take the fall for this. Nobody else has to be involved. But, like, yeah, like, you know, justice has to be served for this guy. So, in terms of that decision, I can't necessarily say that I I would fall in line with that. So, I think, I think no, I would avoid that decision. I, I would end up telling somebody about it. Yeah, I think out of the get-go, I I'm agree with you. Plus, like, you know how many promises I've broken since high school? <laughs> how many friends you're like, I'll see ya, we'll keep in touch, and it just doesn't happen at all. Especially in the context of this movie, where they're friends who aren't even friends after, like they said, none of them spoke to each other again after that Since summer. then, yeah, like what, where's the loyalty at that point? I feel like after a, a month minimum, or maximum, after I'd be like... After being away from them for like a month, I'd be like, yeah, screw it. Alright, we, we gotta... We I made some bad this. choices, fam. <laughs> Holy fetch, yeah. yeah. So, out the gate, I mean, maybe would have avoided a, a tragic collision with the man on the road. But assuming we did make that decision in the, the events pursuit or ensued. Well, and to be fair to the movie, let's assume that we did hit the guy with the car. Of course, yeah. <laughs> because honestly, I don't think I would have hit a guy with a car while driving somewhat intoxicated as a high schooler. Because I didn't have any alcohol in my yeah. life until I was much older. Yeah. <laughs> but like... But you know, just As to, like, assuming sure. that is a given that we just hit the guy. Just to assume there's can't an argument, we hit a guy. <laughs> we can't avoid that. I mean, it's kind of like you know when you have a slumber party and it's like you have to answer this, this or that. You have to be in that situation. That's <laughs> it's like this election. From all the slumber parties I've been to, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm you're like, about. yes, the many that I've been to. <laughs> um, you know, I'm gonna shock the world. I'm going to stick with the decision. I'm just kidding. No. Um, I'm doubling down. I'd kill everyone else in the car. I'd make sure. I'd bring a lot of lime. A lot of lime. Well, I just, man, like, I, I think you guys brought up some really good points. I think as well, like, I don't know that I, first of all, wrong to do it. But second of all, like, <laughs> let's throw that out there. Like, disclaimer. Just as a disclaimer, yes. Let's be clear about this. They're in the wrong. We don't They're... condone manslaughter. Yeah, definitely don't slay a man or woman, <laughs> them, whoever it may be. He or she. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that I have enough faith in my not getting away, not getting caught for murder skills to just be like, no, it'll probably be fine. Yeah. Title just take them out and there won't be any repercussions and yeah my car will just be fine no <laughs> no worries you know so yeah I'd probably say it'd probably be a no for me yeah All I right. mean like are your friends really your friends if they're wanting you to like be an accessory to murder and just kind of go all the Especially way with if it? One ah. chokes you over yeah, your car. Over <laughs> like after that, I'm like, screw that. I'm I going to place it right now. Say it. Say it. Take it to your grave. Yeah. <laughs> Not surprised she broke up with Freddie Bridges Jr. He just watched her get choked out. I watched her stupid. Babe, guys, no. calm down. <laughs> Come on. Stop. Yeah. But anyway, that's after uh, that though, so the deaths that ensue, like. I mean, yeah. touching on Max's death, pretty hard to avoid. Like, he, you, you don't He's really see not it even aware. He's just messing around with some crabs. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. It's unclear, like, why he's dead other than they yeah, needed no, a bloody right. death in the movie. Yeah, like, why you know, the killer got him. It's kind of Max. weird to kill him. He was there, yeah. I guess, but I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess he showed he, up he that night. He drove and, and maybe could the have killer, seen something. Maybe the killer blames him because, like, you should have investigated more. Something shady obviously happened. Yeah, it, yeah. it's a little bit of a stretch, though, maybe for sure. Maybe if his subconscious had heard him pull up in the truck. I don't know. Yeah. I felt like he was pretty much out cold, so I, I don't really see why that was a needful death. But, yeah. Or I, any I of know, the deaths. Like, him getting the hook through the jaw... Ryan Philippe getting friggin' hit by his own car. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you could avoid either of those. No, it's, no. it's pretty, no matter how smart you are. He's got the element of surprise, for sure. Yeah, for both of those, like, it's very unclear, like, how far this guy's gonna go, so he's got the element of surprise on his side. One thing that, I mean, he, he's got the element of surprise, but he also warns them, you know, through a note or whatever. He always right. leaves something, so they're like, oh, there could be something happens, and then he yeah. does it. So maybe if he didn't do that, he'd almost have more of an advantage than if you were looking over your shoulder everywhere sure. you go because right. of that. Well, know? but the thing is, neither of them were looking over their shoulders. Like, Ryan Philippe was sure that Max had done it, and he thought right. that he'd straighten Max out. Even, like, when he was in the car, he thought it was Max. Yeah. So, like... I feel like element of surprise we can say applies to him just as much. That's as that's fair. Yeah, that's sure. Fair. Yeah, but I guess your, other deaths not to as your much, point later on two. in the movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there's plenty of deaths in the movie attention. that could have been avoided by you know locking a door, <laughs> owning a gun. I don't know. Sarah Michelle Gellar could have avoided a haircut by you know locking her door. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> so yeah, I mean after so like after him getting hit by a car, which he survives. Yeah. And Max's death. There's really only, like, the two more deaths, which is Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Philippe. Oh, and Elsa. Elsa. And Elsa, yeah. And, yeah, Elsa would have been fine if she had locked the doors. Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar would have been fine if Elsa had locked the doors. Also, if people would just start believing other people, especially in the group where they're like, they know somebody's trying to kill them, and they're like, there's a dead body. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a dead body. And like I said earlier, you could have figured out way earlier that Ben Willis was the killer. Yep. Like, it takes them way too much time to figure that out yeah too much time in the movie i mean after the the things start flowing they're like oh, okay now we Wait, make all these connections and... hold on further criticism all right let's hear it let's go <laughs> ding ding I'm, I'm just putting this Kick together it while it's down. i'm just putting this together when sarah michelle geller gets to the store her family owns and elsa is inside like for the night the front door is locked but then moments later the back door is unlocked for the fishermen to get in what kind of yeah, store is Elsa running true. that you lock the front door before you lock the back door? Mm. Almost every establishment I've worked in, the back door is locked at all times, and it's the front door you lock. Mm. And also, because she tried a couple doors, if I remember. She went through the front door, and then maybe I'm getting this a little mixed up, but did she try a couple doors that were locked, but then there was one door that wasn't? Am I getting that? Or I think she just, I think she ended up just running out and she saw that it was her family store and she's like, oh, sweet, like, and there's somebody in there. Well, and then she went in, but I'm saying when she was trying to leave, she tried mm. a couple oh, doors. Oh, that's true. She yeah. did try a couple doors that were locked before she, like, jumped in, like, the dumbwaiter or whatever. That right, was. yeah, she yeah. couldn't leave the building. So I feel like every door was locked except for mm. so what the is fetching that? one door. So she left the back door. I guess maybe she was leaving that way? Maybe, but I like, don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's just. But again, her death could have been avoided if she had locked the door, or if she had just moved at like a speed. Like her sister comes in screaming at her that she's in danger and she needs her to lock up the store, and then Elsa is like doo -doo 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 -doo, taking her time relocking the front door before slowly walking to the back door to lock it. Yeah, that's the frustrating thing through that whole sequence. Even though, again, that's the biggest 
success of the movie, in my opinion, is that sequence is yeah. nobody yes. listened to her. She was screaming yes. at the audience, screaming at the police officer, all these people, and they're just like, huh? Like, turning around super slowly, and then they get killed or whatever. What? Like, nobody or, or takes like her the seriously. the that, like, weirdly, like, holds her down. Oh yeah, they're like, gosh. oh, she's yeah. crazy. Let's grab her. Let's stop having, that woman. She's having an episode. Put hands on her. <laughs> oh, I know, right? And so almost it's not her fault. Like, she was screaming, yelling, kicking. She was doing a good job. She was acting naturally. Her, her, yeah. her, in the end, the death is her fault. Yeah. Or at yeah. least the screenwriter's fault. Because she stops and turns around Fair. two different times to make sure she isn't being followed. Instead of running into the parade. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have... St- like, uh, so, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm going to go ahead and say... Like, everything that happens after Ryan Fleet gets hit by a car is totally avoidable death-wise. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah. don't watch the show from the balcony. Yeah. Watch it down in the audience among other people. Like a regular yeah, and don't even look behind you, you know? Don't make glances. Just stare at the boring or, or, show. Or better yet, again, life saved by a locked door. When you go up in the balcony, <laughs> lock the door behind you. There yeah. you go. <laughs> do that uh if you're the police officer believe the girl who's hysterically screaming about being stalked by somebody he didn't even believe the yes. dude existed almost it was the dude's who? Name? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right no it was uh oh yeah she's like he killed barry barry who barry who like, like barry their famous <laughs> quarterback high school Town quarterback doesn't star. exist what barry your imaginary friend barry <laughs> no the guy that went to high school and graduated last year the guy that exists. <laughs> I know, right? So there's her death. Is there um, death after that? that no, actually. Just, no, that is. Yeah, just that, the last that two, the last two survive. Yeah. Because after her death, the killer like chases Jennifer Love Hewitt to the docks where she runs into Ray. Thinks mm-hmm. he's the killer. Thinks he's the killer for <laughs> out of nowhere. By the way, she's figured it out. Yeah. She figured out that it's Ben Willis, but then for three seconds goes, never mind, it's Ray. <laughs> yeah, he stiff-armed him, the oh, killer. Yeah. He just, like, puts his arm out, <laughs> he's knocked out, and I then, know. I don't know, he pretends to be a nice guy, gets drawn Easy, the child. <laughs> In a very yeah. old sea doggy way. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not how a normal person would talk. It's just like, Easy, hey, you child. need some help? <sighs> Easy, go on the boat. I will be there in a moment. By the way, why does she go along with that? Yeah, I'm like, if I'm that, no in sense. that situation, I'm like, all right, so I'm leaving the docks. So I'm just gonna, you know, go back to land. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. Yep. Because either some guy named Ben Willis or my ex-boyfriend is a killer, and I don't want to be here in case I run into either of them. Right. And I think so. The hardest, I mean, at the very end scene with the ship and she's on it, and then the uh, saving the day. Um, what's his Frickin name? Ray. Ray. Yeah, Ray, Ray saves the day. Like FPJ I don't know. Jay comes in at the end strong. Like the a stuff he does. I I gotta be honest. I don't I don't think I could do that. Like I don't know if I could do that. To climbing be you, even climbing into the ship just like I don't know. Well, to be fair, you would have the advantage of you had been working on a fishing boat oh, for a true. year fair. up. To this. Yeah, that's true. You'd that plays be. in heavily to like how he turns the tide on the boat is that he knows how the boat works. Yeah. And he can navigate it. That's true. He's been spending time on the water, so and you he's... have a you have a pl- you have a plus ten advantage there. I there you know, go, whatever. plus ten upgrade. But then there's some hand to hand combat. Dude, I know. There's some he's, he's like going at ground for a good few minutes. Yeah. And you know what? Like, so this is one of the rare movies where the final boy and final girl both survive both the movie. Survive, yeah, I know, right? 
And I'm actually going to say something, and I really hope the internet doesn't hate me for this, but I think this is a movie where I would, like, I'd be prouder if I was the final boy in this movie than the final girl. Because honestly, like, he is a little bit lucky he survived, yeah. but it's only because she almost got him killed, she like, three yells, times. yells, whatever, Ray, no, or Ray! something like that. She keeps yelling, he she keeps starts. distracting the guy. <gasps> what? what? <laughs> he I know. kicks him off the boat. <laughs> He gets freaking judo chopped off the boat because she screams Ray, and he turns to look at her while he's while you he's, made the point while he's successful in his yeah, he's successfully combat. fighting the fisherman. It's not like she's like warning him or something. Know, she's just right? saying it. Ray, you're here. Ray, what? Yeah, I mean, I think all of us, you know, would be in agreement. I mean, that's kind of how it was directed and written. So that's kind of, in my opinion, I feel like. Ray, the final boy, is the most, in that situation, is the most, like, practical, in a sense, and he's using his mind and his knowledge the most, so it would make sense for me, personally, to be, like, rather be him than than Jennifer Love Hewitt, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And, I, you know, like, no disrespect to her, she's fairly resourceful. No, for like, sure. She, they, they, she played she, the cat she, and mouse game for a good while. Yeah, yeah on a boat, too, which yeah. is, like... Impressive. Yeah, like, most final girls end up doing the cat and mouse thing, like, in a summer camp, where there are, like, miles and miles of woods around them for her to hide in. Right. So, like, the fact that she's in a confined space on this boat, and she evades him for a good long while. Yeah, you know, like, still good. Yeah, like, props to her. Obviously, like, she wouldn't have survived without Ray, and Ray... You know what? Ray would have survived without her, so, like... Yeah, <laughs> they were true. both very independent in that. They didn't, yeah. uh... And I, I don't know. I no, think... she would have been dead without Ray. Is well, the problem. At, at, at the end, yeah, yeah. Which because it's like she's pretty resourceful and she's got a good head on her shoulders until she gets on the boat, and then it's like, well, okay, this is weird. This is not the same person. Yeah, I guess. it feels a little different. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty resourceful. She does pretty well for herself. Yeah, it's just the killer knows the boat better than she does, and that makes it's sense. His boat, yeah. so yeah. he just kind of gets the one up on her. But luckily, Ray can step in and save her yeah uh, yeah in the end they they um what they wait what happens that he gets up in the pulley the hand gets ripped off oh, he yeah. flings into it, the in ocean way, it's kind of luck that they both survived because yeah. he like throws yeah. up his hand to stab down with a hook and he accidentally gets it caught in like some of the rigging the and it rigging, like yeah. rips off his hand and at that point they're just watching it happen they're not really Whoa. doing anything about it he gets flung into the ocean yeah. very end jumps at her in the shower but uh yeah. yeah, they get to or hold each other's arms. He? I mean, if there's a sequel, which there is, <laughs> if there, who Love, knows? And is if Jennifer Love the Hewitt is the star, which she is, <laughs> like chances are, if that was him jumping at her in the shower, he did a pretty piss poor job know, <laughs> of, right? of finishing. Yeah, it. I, obviously she's she didn't get killed in that. It almost yeah. felt like an after credit scene, but it was it was still before the credit. Well, that's just very much in the style of just slasher movies. A lot of slasher yeah. movies had that, where it's like the final girl got away. No, she didn't. No, no, there's the, the killer's still there. He's there. I know, still in his uh, long john silver costume and <laughs> some college uh, female showers. <laughs> yeah. After she gets off the phone with Ray, which is like Ray. so hilariously Super one-sided, cheesy and like gross oh, after a year of. A couple of years of dating since him in high school, and it's still super like, 
Y'all are Ew, dirty talk. I mean, like, <laughs> Ray, Ray definitely has a little bit of a libido, though. Like, a cringy know. libido, too, because, like, his first line of the movie is, like... What are you wearing? His, like, first line of the movie is, like, talking about... Sarah Michelle Gellar, so not his girlfriend. His first line of the movie oh, is talking about right. not his girlfriend's boobs. That was him yeah. saying that. Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought it was the other know, guy, right? No, it was That's him. That's screwed up. She's sitting right there too. Broski. And she punches him all like lovingly, like ah. Oh, <laughs> boys will be boys. <gasps> then at the, and Late then at the end, she's like on the phone with him, and it's like a hilarious one-sided telephone call of like. Well, Ray, like now that I'm in college and like you're doing so well for yourself, we're gonna love each other forever. A towel. Why do you ask? <sighs> Ray, you're so bad. <laughs> like, don't She's worry. Still like, oh, Ray, I'm gonna be home. What is it? What is it? She says she's like, I'm gonna be home soon, and you can tear into me. Like, yeah, you can uh, ravage me like, or something. Yeah, I know. Weird. Weird. I'm like, what is he a Viking? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's like, like very cheesy dialogue, and oh, Lance it freaking killed me because we were talking about how like obviously like a big like insti- like instigating incident or whatever is like the fact that they get notes they get like yeah jennifer love hewitt gets a note that says oh yeah i know what you did last summer and we're looking at the font of the note and we're like this is not threatening like this is oh like, yeah yeah this would be in word documents as like a really friendly option and lanson totally called it at the end yeah because right before she gets in the shower there's another note like left on the bench for her and he's like, this is going to be like an invitation to like an end of year party. And then it was. I know. It's like, just call Julie, it. I'd like to invite you to a pool party. <laughs> the it was same a, font. I know. It was the same a great, thing. yeah, the same, the same font, which I loved like the self-awareness of that and the fake out right there yeah. at the end. Yeah. Before like, he's actually in the shower. Shaboinga. The whole movie. I was like, yeah, that font. I don't know about it, but then it, I yeah. guess it kind of came. Sure. Explained for a cheap. Wait, but joke, did he but... want to invite her to a pool party? Maybe he just Who knows? To a pool party. Who knows? All right. Well, uh, kind of to wrap things up, what we're gonna do is establish a couple things. If we, as Adam, Luke, and Lanson, as we now are, three musketeers, would make final boy status or final girl status, meaning would we be the final chick that? makes it out alive mm-hmm. by the skin of her teeth through maybe luck maybe help maybe her own yeah our own wits own wits in yeah. many cases and the final boy who makes it almost to the end but then normally i guess the cliche is gets killed at the end so she can leave sacrificing yeah. himself i don't know depends but yeah. however it goes so first so off like, would we make we have the silver status <laughs> 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 would we get silver and be the final boy or would we go for the gold and be the final girl <laughs> that is what we find yeah. out here at this podcast so first off would we do we think we would make as, again as we are now at the people we are would we make final boy status in this movie uh yeah easy i mean like Final boy just means like we're competent enough to make it to the end. Like we don't have to survive. Yeah. I think this isn't this is a movie where it's like easy to get final boy status. Like it's a total gimme. There's barely anything you would have to do. Yeah, it's true. I mean, think about like how Ray got final boy status. He got it by barely being in the second act of the movie. I know. Yeah. Just being on the boat. Just being on his boat. Just doing his fisherman things. Yeah, it's yeah, true. If you just don't care that much, you'll <laughs> mind your own fetching business. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I feel like just being practical and not, I mean, not having to have 
I guess Ray did have superhero qualities, but you don't really have to have those, you know, to be able to make it to the final boy status for this movie in particular. So I, I would say that I could make it to at least that. I could at least get the silver medal. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I feel like it. Uh, just to to be uh just to be present and I don't know. We'd win the silver medal for Kenya. <laughs> that's right. That's what this is, did I get confused? That's what this is about, right? Yes, That's correct. Final boy status is the, the Olympic Olympics. Games that we are representing the homeland of Kenya. It's a beautiful country. We're not from, but we're proud we're, to represent. Yeah, like, hey, like Kenyans are dope. Kenya is awesome. So. Big fan. Big no, for sure. Shout out to the entire country. Of Kenya. Hey, shout out to Kenya. We love you. For a second, I thought you were going to say continent of Kenya, and I was going to be like, the entire oh? continent. <laughs> the entire state of Kenya. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Just be so incorrect. The entire uh, territory. Oh, <laughs> Man, we got to work on the geography terms, guys. <laughs> could we make, could, could we make final girl status in this movie? Could we survive the killer? Oh, man. Again, assuming that we hit the guy with the car. Yeah, yeah. that that is a given. Yeah, I feel like how this... how much of a given are we into? Like, are we giving? So we hit the guy with the car. Are we also giving into the fact that we made the oath and we kept it for a whole year? Yeah, I'd I'd say up to that point where the the movie actually gets into the its horniness that okay. that's all a given. So we can diverge from like the time we see, we receive the note. Yeah, let's say that. Okay. Here's where I'm coming from. I think I think if you receive the note at some point, yeah, you can lock doors, but but he's coming for you, you know, like I I think he'll find you and and at some point you're going to have to come face to face with the guy at the hook. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think I would survive that because I'm not I'm not okay. super hand-to-hand combat like Ray is. I, I don't think. I mean, I could I, I don't have a lot of You're no FPJ. running <laughs> ability. I don't think I could keep up the pace like uh, the, the chick's Sarah name. <laughs> Her chase I'm not, is long, and she does yeah, a lot of running. She's so that's some fair. cardio. There's doesn't a, really have time to catch her breath. I don't have that yeah. cardio ability. I, I feel like I would get killed if he, if, if he appeared in my room. I would just – there's nothing I could do at that point, I think. And I think if you receive that note, it's it would unless you guys have an argument against it, I think it would be hard to avoid a confrontation. I I guess if like it came down to I couldn't outrun him, I couldn't outsmart him, and it came down to me and him fighting hand to hand, no, I could not survive that. Sure. But I'm also inclined to think that the moment I receive a note, I'm like, screw all y'all, we haven't talked in a year anyway. Go to the I'm police. I'm taking this to the cops. Okay. And like, Fair. I don't know if if I already knew that like David Egan was probably the guy that I killed, like you'd look into it. Yeah, like I said, ultimately, it doesn't take that much to figure out that the actual killer is Ben Willis. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you got the police involved earlier, it probably would have come out earlier. You know what I mean? Where, like, with the threatening note and everything and all mm-hmm. this, like, maybe Anne Hayes would have seen that on the news and been like, oh, shoot, <laughs> like, I have a note like that as well. That's true. If it became public and sure. the cops got involved, it would yeah. totally change it. Um, So that's, like... Yeah, that that's just one of those things where like I would diverge quickly because I'd be like, you know what, like somebody is like getting after me about this, and I'm pretty guilty about it anyway. I have no more loyalty to these guys, so yeah, like let me get the uh, let me get the cops involved. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, like I said, you could avoid a lot of this like 
by listening to Sarah Michelle Geller and locking the doors. Like, I, I hate to, like, keep beating that drum, but it's like... So, I would say if it came down to me fighting him one-on-one -on -one in a confrontation, I would say no. Mm -hmm. But I am not convinced it would ever need to get to that yeah. point. You feel like you could do enough beforehand I to feel avoid like that. I could get enough... Get, I feel like I could do enough before then to survive. So I, you're very, you're being very like hard on yourself about this. I'm gonna go in the opposite, di <laughs> opposite direction and say, yeah, I could get final <laughs> girl status. Good for you. <laughs> nice. Luke can do it. You man. got the gold, man. At least, at least one of us got the gold. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear what Lanson has to say. Maybe Lanson's yeah, got it. Lanson apparently doesn't have confidence. In <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's hard. Um... In some sense, I do understand where you come from, Luke, as far as, like, I, yeah, I personally would probably, again, I don't have a lot of faith in my getting away with murder skills, so I'd just be like, hey, man, here's what happened. <laughs> Cops, here's everything. Here's what's up, man. Hey, hey, come here, come here. I gotta tell you. So, come worst case scenario, I could be in jail and he couldn't get to me, so there you go. Maybe I can survive <laughs> that way. You if would I, be living. I know. It's like, what are you going to do? Win. I'm already in a prison. Anyway. Um, and then maybe I'd be a hardened criminal, so when he came to visit me, I'd be like, tables have turned, my dude. <laughs> I got some, to do. Doing like some Michael lifting. Like Michael Myers doing all those push-ups in the can. <laughs> all them sit-ups, so you can chase those big brain girls. <laughs> just working. Jeez. Okay, that's that's a whole other thing. That's I'm just going to go on a tangent here, like with Michael Myers. I'm like, did they just let that guy lift in prison? They're just like, <laughs> this he's mentally stable, and he's got like some superhuman attributes. Let's let him just get jacked. He's just Nothing bending wrong. bars. If the bar ain't bending, you're just pretending. Mask on and everything. <laughs> Snorting pre-workout. <laughs> Rubbing it on his gums. So yeah, well, it's the institutions. They so him, they give him the mask to work out. That's the best part. The rest of the day he can't have it, but for his workouts. Hey man, we're not monsters. It's workout time, boys. <laughs> time to kill the weight. If it helps, it helps. Yeah. So I'm gonna go a different route than everybody and just say I would get really hard in prison because I would go to prison because I was so truthful and I would just make myself into a living weapon and like shiv him with a piece of soap that I made into a shiv. And, uh, so you would be Laurie Strode in the new Halloween, dude. Yeah, I spent the entire on time the preparing for him. To I know, come back. just have like a pillowcase full of batteries or some crap <laughs> like that. Yeah, so then you'd kill him and just have the taste of blood, and and you'd become a killer. I mean, so I mean, I'm already in prison, so I might yeah. as well. I mean, like I've gone to prison for killing a guy. What are you gonna do? Give me another <laughs> life sentence? So you know, that's. Uh, that that would be my route. I would I would be the final girl, but at what cost? I'll leave that up to the audience. <laughs> that's a great final answer. Final girl, but at what cost? <laughs> well, I that's it. I think yeah. we we decided that. That's uh, I know what you did last summer, and we, you know, that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> some of us would survive. I feel like uh, that's pretty good. Couple golds. Is now the time where we do the little the little pluggy plug stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you checked your plugs. paper. <laughs> I had to check my paper. I was like, uh, there's no pluggy plug on the paper, but Luke knows. Oh, well, I would just like to pop in and say that if you liked anything I had to say, you can read lots of things that I say on Twitter. You can find mm. me at Luke Howiter. That's Howiter spelled H-A-U-E-T-E-R, at Luke Howiter. Uh, I know the show will be receiving emails through the underqualified idiocracy, like yeah, yeah, thing. So I think that's underqualifiedidiots at gmail dot com. Good. Uh, yes, that is. 
<laughs> Latson knows. Yeah. So yeah, uh, please send us emails at underqualifiedidiots at gmail.com. If you have trivia you want to tell us about, I know what you did last summer. If there's stuff about the movie you want to bring up that we didn't get to, please like let us know. Or even if you just want to say hello or talk about movies that we should movie talk about requests. in the future. Yeah. Reach out to us, underqualifiedidiots at gmail.com and me on Twitter. Are you guys on Twitter? Uh, no. I'm not on Twitter. No. I'm not. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> but check out Luke. He's cool. And He's the other other podcasts he does. <laughs> but st- stay tuned. We're going to do this. This is the thing. We'll, we'll have more episodes coming yeah. out. So we'll just plug this show that yeah. we're on. I think it's... Uh, yeah. Next week, we'll still know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. May, is that a what it's going to be? Oh, shoot. I, I'm just... I'm going to reveal it. We're going to watch oh, the second oh, one in the oh, series. Oh, shoot. And we're going to talk about it. So, best be ready. It's just really dawning on me that Adam was plugging this show in the plug section of the show. He's like, well, uh, you could watch this show. <laughs> you could, you I don't... Uh, if you made any this... other crap going on. Jeez. I mean, if you... I no, mean, I if you made... Catch me at Weber State University <laughs> studying for classes. Catch me on that outside. Catch me. Catch me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... Everybody, stay healthy, stay safe. Um, yeah, if you like the show, keep listening. We're we're happy to do this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, for everybody that supported us, thank you very much. Um, yeah, that's it for me. Done. Yeah. Good night. Have a good one, guys. Bye bye. Out. This has been an underqualified Idiocracy Media production, produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. You can find additional content and final voice status updates on the YouTube channel for Underqualified Idiocracy Media. Uncut and extended episodes are available at patreon.com slash lukehouter. Theme music was written by Rachel Robison. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobisonmusic.com. You can also find her work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Temporary artwork provided by Lou Cowder and Lewis Conrad. This podcast was recorded in Underqualified Studios and edited by Lou Cowder with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The illustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro to this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files Voice Acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files. Thank you for tuning in. And never say, I'll be right back.